morning? Everybody feeling good? Yeah, don't forget that chicken street. Boy, that's coming up fast. Saturday, this Saturday. And uh, ladies, uh, Brother Darrell, what time? Do we, we need some ladies to come about what time to help pull that chicken off and bones? About three? If, we, if some of you ladies can come down to picnic shelter, weather permitting, we'll be down there. And uh, that chicken, we start cooking it. We need, they need something to help pull that chicken off the bones because we don't put no bones in the chicken stew and don't no skin go in there. And uh, I forgot how many chickens we're going to have, about nine, ten chickens we'll put in that thing. And then the rest of it will be just chicken breast and uh, be put in there. So most of the time it's a good, what you get is going to be good. If you want to bring a guest, that's fine. And so uh, start eating about 5, 5.30, somewhere right along in there. Hot dogs, homemade chili, and uh, we'll just have a good time, okay? So if you're visiting with us this morning, good to have a, I don't forget it. He moved here from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I mean, moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, from Oregon to Knoxville. And this is a Jeremy's future in-laws. Did I get that right? Amen. And so uh, if she don't ditch him, and throw him out. This is, this is their future in-laws right here. And uh, I was talking to Ashton. I asked her what she's doing here. Uh, little Bruce is the boy. Supposed to be a boy. Jordan, that right? Okay. And little Bruce is stubborn. You know, <laughs> I remember his grandpa. His, his grandpa had a little stubborn streak in him. So his name's Bruce. So maybe that's it. And so anyhow, pray for Ashton. And everything can go all right with her and the baby. And uh, might, might have a baby boy around here, maybe sometime or another. I don't know. Anyhow, so keep her in your prayers, her and Jordan. And uh, so uh, anyway, if you're visiting, uh, please stay for the 11 o'clock service. And if you can, Brother John White's our pastor, and he'll be preaching. And we're just looking forward to a good time in the Lord. Man, camp meeting was good, wasn't it? Boy, I'm telling you what, that was a good camp. Good singing, good preaching. Uh, good fellowship, good food, it was all good. I ain't got nothing negative to say about it. It was good. Okay, if you got your Bibles this morning, turn with me. Uh, we've been, we went through the book of First uh, and Second Timothy. And Lord William, we're going to try the book of Titus this morning. I've never tried to teach the book of Titus. Uh, I would really, uh, I thought about trying to teach on something else. And give me another week to study this, but uh, I've been studying on it for a couple weeks, and some I'm slow. Oh Lord knows I'm slow, and I uh, can't remember halfway. But anyway, we're gonna look at the book of Titus. If we, if I see I, I'm not, it ain't going good, I'll stop. You say Jerry, right in the middle, right flat in the middle, and <laughs> to, to, I, I can get some something else. But anyway. Uh, if you got your Bibles, Titus. Before I get into chapter number one, I jotted down just a few things. You know, Titus was a Gentile. Now, Timothy had a Jewish mother and a Gentile dad. But Titus, he's, he's got Greek mom, Greek dad. He's just like you and I. He's a Gentile. And you can find this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 3, but neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek. 
And so Paul said, was compelled to be circum uh, was compelled to be circumcised. And Paul took Titus with him when he went up to Jerusalem to uh, talk with the apostles about Gentiles being asked to keep the law and circumcision in order to be saved. And you can read about this. I'm not going to turn to it. But if you want to read about that in Galatians chapter 2 verse 1, Paul says this. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And so he took Titus with him. And when they went up to see the apostles, Peter, James, John, they were going up there. And, and it tells us about that in the book of Acts. It tells us about it in the book of Galatians chapter 2. And you can turn over and read it. But I'm not going to this morning. But if you want to read it. And he took Titus with him. So Titus was standing there, wasn't circumcised. But he was a Jew. I mean, he was a Gentile who had Paul had led to the Lord who got saved by the grace of God. And so just like you and I get saved, just like anybody else gets saved. And so according to this letter, right here, that Titus, only three chapters. According to this letter, Titus, Titus was put in charge of the church on the island of Crete. Now some say that island, I've read somewhere, that the island was on, and the widest point of the Isle of Crete was only about 35 miles wide. And some say it stretched out for about 150 miles, uh, the Isle of Crete did. I've read that. The island was colonized by Rome, and Paul visited Crete on his missionary trip, and he had Titus with him, and he left Titus there. He wanted Titus to remain there to supervise the church that had been started. Paul had started a church there. God had through Paul. And so he says to Titus, you remain here. You, you pastor the church. You supervise the church. And, and getting it off the ground. Most believe Paul was in Macedonia when he, he left Crete, left Titus there. He went on to some other places. He was in Macedonia, most believe, when he stopped and wrote this letter back to Titus, who was in Crete. All right? And then it says, uh, and he wrote this letter, probably most believe, historians think, about A.D. 64. But anyway, he wrote it to encourage and to help Titus, the man of God. And so that's a, that's a little bit of things. There's several more things we could say concerning this, and I've read and, and looked at, but I, I'm going to stop right there. So let's take a look at this letter that Paul wrote to Titus and see what Paul had to say to him. Only, as I said, he only wrote three chapters, and Titus, is uh, he's the man that's supervising the church that's been established by a missionary, Paul, uh, there on the Isle of Crete. And by the way, uh, as we read down through here, we're going to find out that the Cretans were, man, they didn't have any character about them whatsoever. You talking about wicked people. Those Cretans, according to everything that I could read and all the history that historians said about them, uh, it was a, I don't even see how they got a church going there. It was a wicked bunch. And anyway, we'll talk about that as we get to it down through here. Look at chapter 1. 
And verse number one, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. You know, I was reading that. Paul, a servant of God. This is, uh, this is the only time in Paul that Paul starts one of his letters out like this. He's saying here, a servant of God, he's really, that term means that he's saying, I'm a bond servant of God. I'm a bond slave of God. He says, I'm giving my life over to live for God. That's what he's saying. And he says, I'm giving it. And then he goes on to say, he says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. The term apostle means a messenger or someone that's been sent. You remember Paul got saved on the road to Damascus? You remember reading about that in the book of Acts? And he was struck with blindness. He saw this light and so on and so forth. But when he got struck, God, Jesus Christ called him to be uh, an apostle. He seen Jesus that day. And to be an apostle, one of the things you had to have seen Jesus. And Paul saw him on the road to Damascus when he got saved. And so he went on in. So he's an apostle. He's a bond slave, he said, of God. He said, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. And that word apostle means one that's been sent or a messenger. And then he says elect, which means he's a believer in Jesus Christ in this particular instance. That's what he's talking about. You know, but you know, God knows. You said, Jerry, do you believe in election? I believe in the foreknowledge of God. I believe that God knew who all is, was going to be saved at Freedom Baptist Church before they was ever saved. But it's a whosoever will gospel. God's told us in the book of Acts, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've got a command. Sometimes some believe, well, if you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved. No, we got a responsibility to take the word of God out everywhere we go. I remember I was on a bus route over here in Walltown when, when I had a bus ministry, uh, when I was in the bus ministry, and I, I was in it about 30-some years, 38 years, I think. Anyway, I went over there, and I was working my bus route over in Walltown. Had a bus route over there. And a feller come up to me, and I told him, I, I went up to him. Knocked on the door and told him, I said, my name's Jerry and I'm from Freedom Baptist Church and we're up here in Freedom, rural, rural hall. What are you doing down here in Walltown? Uh, don't you know there's churches down here that can, that can, uh, people can go to? I said, yes, sir, they are. But God said, I answered him with that scripture verse, but God said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And God tells us, hey, everybody down here, I've been knocking on doors for several weeks and everybody down here ain't going to church. They wasn't. Still not. But we got a responsibility. And they, they did here. So he's, he goes on here in this. So Paul was elect. God knows he was a believer. He had put his faith and his trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Elect. And Paul was acknowledging of the truth that the Holy Spirit had given him, which is after godliness. Paul received the gospel 
the good news from Jesus Christ. It was a mystery that was hid, really. But he received that. He was a, he, the Holy Spirit of God led Paul before he met any of the apostles, I think, except Peter for two years, teaching him and giving him the good news. What's the good news? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what you and I are to be telling folks about this morning. And then he goes on to say, believers, you know, believers want to give out the truth. They want to live in godliness. Believers do. You believe that? I do. I believe that everybody that's saved by the grace of God, you're a believer. You put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. You know something? If a person tells you they're saved... Or tells me they're saved. And they don't give out the truth. And they don't walk in godliness. I'm going to tell you something right now. Something's wrong in their life. Because a person that's true. They're truly born again. Wants to know the truth of this book. And that person that's truly born again, I believe, wants to see others saved by the grace of God. Don't you think so? Are we doing that? Look at that verse again. Verse 1. Paul, a servant of God. A bond slave. And then he says, I'm apostle of Jesus Christ. Sent by Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth. He's acknowledging the truth. You and I need to acknowledge the truth that's in the word of God. Right? Acknowledging the truth which is after godliness. Hey, Christians want to be holy and righteous. You know, there's one thing I don't like doing. I, you say, Jerry, do you sin? Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's all I is. This old body I've got is just as wicked now as it was the day I got saved. I have more problems with Jerry than I do anybody else. How about you? You have more problems with yourself than you do anybody else. If I could ever get self straight, I could do pretty good. But I got a problem with that buzzard. He ain't never been saved. When God saved me, he saved my soul. He didn't say, this body's going back to dust. If it was saved, it wouldn't go back to dust. But because it's going back to dust, Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians, he's going to give me a new one. And when I get that new one, I won't be sinning. But I ain't got it yet. Hey. And so let's look at the next verse down here. Verse number two. He says, uh, in hope of eternal life. Boy, this is interesting. Which, look at this. Look at this verse. Which God that can not what? Lie. <laughs> you know what? We're serving a God that can't lie. 
what he says in this book's going to come to pass. Look at that. In hope, in hope of eternal life, my hope is based on nothing else than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I, I don't dare not trust anything else. Hey, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. When this old world, before this world ever got started, before the waters covered the, the whole earth, even before that, hey, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit got together. And they decided the plan of salvation, what was going to transpire, and everything else. Hey, look, at, look, look with me just a minute. Turn with me back to 1 Timothy 1.9. No, no, 2 Timothy 1.9. Just got to go back one book. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Look at what it says. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus. Notice the last two words. Before the what? The world began. Hey, this was all done before the world was ever begun. No, notice something else. Turn with me. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew 25, 34. I, I don't know whether I'll put a marker there or not. Matthew, I got a piece of paper there. Matthew 25, 34. Look at that. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. I'll give you a minute to get over. We're talking about before the world began, the foundation of the earth. Hey, it was done. It, eternal life was promised by God. And, and in Matthew 25, chapter 25, verse 34, it says this. Then shall the king say unto them, this is all in red too, if you'll notice, my Bible is. Then shall, and that means Jesus was, said it. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from what? The foundations of the world. Hey, you can take a strong concordance and you can look up the word foundation and you'll just see how many times, hey, this began before the world was. And God has promised here in, these, these, in this verse number two, in hope of eternal life. Turn with me to another one. I, I, I'm, while I'm on a roll here, turn with me to 1 John. Everybody, just go back to 1 John, going toward, toward Revelations. 1 John, and then look at the last chapter in 1 John, verse number, chapter number 5. 1 John chapter 5. Speaking of eternal life now. 1 John chapter 5. You found it? 1 John chapter 5. Okay, I'll give you time to find it. 1 John chapter 5. Now let's begin reading. 1 John chapter 5 with verse number 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. How's that? Well, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves in. Hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God 
hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. It's not in my works. It's not in your works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then he goes on here in verse number 12. Look at this. It's pretty simple right here in verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. Huh? And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If the Holy Spirit of God lives in you, you're saved and going to heaven. If the Holy Spirit of God does not live in you, you're not saved and you're not going to heaven. Is that right or wrong? It's what God says. Hey, we're talking about eternal life. And then he goes on to say, in verse 14, uh, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye, what? You may know. You know what? I run across a lot of people. They say, Jerry, you can't know. God says, I wrote First John. I wrote this Bible so you could know. Now, who are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the Word of God. And so, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So there in that second verse, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Hey, that's pretty well cut and dried. And Paul here is writing this to Titus. And Paul is coming down pretty straightforward so far in these first two verses as he pins this letter that he's going to mail to preacher Titus, who is located on the Isle of Crete, who has been put there to establish and help supervise the churches that have been started. We got it? Okay. That's what, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're looking at. And then he goes on in verse number three. But hath in due time, the word due time there, it simply means the word due. You can, I looked it up in the Greek. It simply means one, the def, one word definition for that is own. It could be read, but hath in his own time manifested his word, the word manifested, made known his word through preaching. Paul says, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of our God and Savior. You know, here in this world, God in his time, in the right time, in his own time, in due time, has set forth his word through preaching. You know, God chose, the, chose preaching to get his word out. That's why we got a preacher, Brother John. He comes up here, he'll be up here in just a little bit. And boy, he'll be preaching. <laughs> I mean, hey, this past week, we had three different preachers in here. You know what they was doing? Preaching. 
Glory to God. Hey, and that's what, that's what God chose to get his word out to his sheep, who are those of us that are sitting in these pews that's been saved by the grace of God. He gave us a shepherd. He gave us a preacher to proclaim his word to us that we might live right, talk right, do right, and be right. Amen? Are you one of the do right gang? How many of y'all in the do right gang? <laughs> hey, if you ain't the do right gang, you better get in it. God wants us to do right. Act right. Hey, but notice here, verse number three, he says, God in the right time has sent forth his word through preaching. God has chosen preaching of his word. Turn back with me in 2 Timothy 1.11. 2 Timothy, just flip back there in that woman's chapter 1, verse number 11. Look what God said, God said here through the pen of Paul. Whereunto, Paul says, I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the who? Gentiles, you and I. God called him. God sent him out to be a preacher. God called Brother John to be a preacher. God called Brother J.T. Barley, the one we had before him, to be a preacher. God called the one before him, Brother Craig Edwards. God called the one before him, uh, Brother Lee, uh, bro, what's it, what was it? Somebody, uh, Lou Greeson, right. Lou, Brother Lou. And then one before him that was here when they started the church, Brother Gerald Kahn. You know, all these men are preachers. All of them, they were a little different. They're different men, but they were all saved by the same God. They all had the same Holy Spirit living in them, and every one of them was preachers. And they proclaimed God's word to you and I. We better take it and obey it. You know, I got, I got to move along. I'm not getting nowhere fast, right? Am I? Hey, hey, look, look, at, look at the next verse, verse number four. Unto Titus, my own son, after the common faith. He's writing this to Titus. He says, my own son. Huh. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, this verse, Titus, my own son, means that Paul had led Titus to the Lord. He was not his earthly daddy. But it means that he led him to the Lord. Paul called Titus in 2 Corinthians. I'm not going to turn to it, but I'll give you verse and chapter and book. Paul called Titus in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. And Paul called Titus a partner and a fellow helper. Hey, and then in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, uh, Titus found grace, and I, I, wait a minute, I'll I put down some verses here. Let me, Paul called Titus his brother in 2 Corinthians 2.13, and Paul called Titus a partner and a fellow helper in 2 Corinthians 8.23. I got it right, okay? So he, he's, what he's talking about is Titus, he led him to the Lord. He's his son in, in that respect. And then he goes on, Titus found grace, mercy, and peace when he come to know Jesus Christ. You know, that's what God gives to all his children that come to him for salvation. Grace, mercy, and peace. 
We can have that. That's a gift of God. Hey, and that's what Titus got, who was a preacher. And then he goes on here. In verse number five, and down through mainly probably the rest of this book, is why Titus was left at Crete. He's, Paul's going to tell us that, why he left him there, and the qualifications for church leaders. You know, if you're going to be a church leader, there's some qualifications. We got some back in 1 Timothy. Paul laid down the qualification for a bishop. Paul laid down the qualifications for a deacon. And now he's writing to Titus, and he's going to do it again as he writes this letter to Titus. Not as much as he did so in 1 Corinthians, but he's going to do it. And let's just look at verse number 5. So we come to that. And he says to him, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. The word wanting there, the Greek word there, it means that thou shalt set in order the things that are lacking or the things that have been left undone. That's what Paul is saying there. That's what that verse is. Uh, that thou should set in order the things that are wanting, the things that's been lacking in the church. The things that there's been some things left undone in the church, Titus, and I want you to set them in order. Supervise the getting, the, getting it in order. And then he goes on, and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. Elders were, in this particular instance, an elder, an overseer is kind of an interchangeable word. A bishop, thou, all three of those are sort of interchangeable. Uh, it means overseer, it means a pastor, I believe it could also, Im it implies leaders, and here it's talking about an elder, a man of uh, some age who's been saved by the grace of God, that knows Jesus Christ, that you could put in as, as a leader and in the church that could, you know, an older person, and uh, overseer, preachers, uh, whatever, and that word's interchangeable. Notice here, but he says, I'm, I'm leaving you there. Paul had not stayed in Crete very, a very long time when he got there. He established a church, and Titus, he left there, was the preacher. Well, I'll just put it like that for a better understanding. But the church needed elders. Uh, the church needed some older Christians to help supervise, to be Sundays, we might say, uh, to be teachers, to be instructors. To be this, to be that in the church. And they needed some godly men, Paul said, that would get in there and work for the glory of God, that will help the preacher. And hey, and that's what he said, supervise it, get it established. There's some things lacking now in the church, and I want you to get in there and do what needs to be done to get the church fired up and ready and going. That's about all it's talking about. And so the Christian church needed elders, older Christians, to help set things in order that had been wanting in the church or left undone in the church. You know, God wants things in order, in an order manner in the church in our day and our time. Uh, today, he wants, in our day as well as uh, Timothy's, uh, Titus's day. Look at 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Turn back over to that. We're going back to 2 Timothy a lot, but 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. That's what he's telling Titus. 
get some faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Is that not true? That's exactly what he's telling Titus here in these verses. And in, in the book of Acts, chapter 14, 23 says about uh, elders, and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And so there in the book of Acts, that's what they did. They got some elders. They're trying to get the church established and get it off the ground and get it running. And then he goes on here in Titus verse number six. Look at this. Young, uh, no, that's the wrong, I got it wrong. I'm turning pages. I got too many turned there. Verse six. If any be blameless, now here's some qualifications. I've got two minutes. If any be blameless, now let, let me say this in verse number six. Blameless it does not mean sinless. It means men of good character. Uh, men that are honest in their actions and their dealings. That's what he's talking about. In verse number six, chapter one, the book of Titus. If any be blameless, notice this, the husband of one wife. You know, Paul laid that down in Timothy. God didn't call ladies to preach. Ladies, I'm sorry, I didn't write it. I just, I'm just telling you what it says. We've got a lot of women that said they've been called of God to preach. That's not so. If you've got a Bible, read back over in 1 Timothy. Read right here. And then it goes on to say, The husband of one wife having faithful children. Now, this is something that's just popped up. Having faithful children not accused of right or unruly. Uh, right here, in, in, in not accused of right. Children are not to be accused of right and unruly. Proverbs 28, 7 says this. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. But he that is a companion of righteous men shameth his father. Now, we all sin. And our children sin, and our moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, we all are sinners. That's all we are. But we can get saved by the grace of God. And you can be an elder in the church, a deacon in the church, or whatever. Hey, and your children may be, before they got saved, they may have done some things they shouldn't have done like old Jerry did. But once they get saved by the grace of God, and you start training those children how to walk and how to live. And Paul here says, hey... When you put somebody in that's an elder. Now, he tells us over there in 1 Timothy, check their wife out. If you're going to make a deacon, you look at his wife. If a deacon's got an ungodly wife, he said, you're not to put him in as a deacon. He may be a godly man. But here, if, if, if an elder has got children and they don't care nothing about church or God or nothing else... Uh, then I believe you're not supposed to put him in as, as a leader. I ain't saying it, but if that child gets saved by the grace of God, I believe you can. Just like you and I get saved by the grace of God. They put me in as a Sunday school teacher. They messed up. <laughs> ain't throwed me out yet, but I'm looking for it any day. Hey, you know what? You and I, my time's gone. I, I knew I shouldn't start into that. It's, it's disappeared. 
Uh, let's have a word of prayer and be dismissed because we're gaining at the door. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. I pray you'll take these scattered remarks. Lord, use them to help us to be that that you would have us to be for the glory of God. Bless the choir. Bless the special singing, the ones playing the instruments, the radio, our preacher. I pray you'll be with them in a special way. Save souls for Christ's sake. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. Amen. you dismissed.